Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Hi, friends. Welcome to another one-of-a-kind episode so far. <laughs> that sounds fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We are in a special series called Summer Lovin'. It's a That Sounds Fun podcast series in which we really want to restore hope in dating, bridge y'all to these helpful conversations and practical resources and amazing experts so that you can start seeing changes in your dating life, including in you. During Summer Lovin', we are talking through a lot of aspects of dating. Each episode features an expert, someone who's written on the subject or works with a ton of people who are single or dating or is a licensed therapist. And a lot of episodes, as you've heard, will also have some other friends in there with us. Not today. Today's episode is about sex and dating, and it is me and the experts, and that's it. And this is a heads up for those of you who may have any mini BFFs who've been listening along with you today. This conversation is one that you're likely going to want to put your earbuds in or wait until your mini BFFs aren't in the room or in the car. And I want you to be aware that we're having a thoughtful conversation today around sex and dating, navigating sexual desire and healthy boundaries when you are a single person, and particularly if you're a single person of faith. It is a really challenging thing and also a really important part of being a human. I know this is a sensitive and for some a heart-wrenching topic. Just be kind to yourself as you are listening or pull in a trusted voice in your life if you don't want to listen alone. Here's what we did today. Y'all submitted over 300 questions through my Instagram, Annie F. Downs. I put up a question box. You submitted over 300 questions. So we went through a lot of those. And here's what I hope for today, you guys. I hope that this conversation isn't one that you just receive and don't do anything with. What I really hope happens is this is a launching pad for you and maybe two friends or a small group or a mentor or married friends that that this is one y'all listen to and then it starts a conversation of like, yeah, where am I on this? And what do I think about what they said? And, and what has my experience led to here? We are all about bridging you this series, we are not about being the final stop. In this episode particularly, I am so hopeful that you will hear some so some behind the scenes, y'all, as we're even doing this intro. I feel emotional about this because this matters so much 
And so many of us feel pain and shame and worry and frustration and disconnect when it comes to our sexual lives. And really our deepest hope is that today's episode will bring you hope and will bring you help and will start a conversation for you and your therapist or you and your mentor or you and your friends about how to be your full self. And that includes you being a sexual person. It is all a part of who we are. And so my hope for you right now is you will set aside the whispers of shame or the yelling of shame that is in your head right now. You'll set aside the worries, the judgments that you've put on yourself or other people, and you will just listen with open ears and open heart and let this be the beginning of a conversation, not the end. Okay? So that is our hope for today's episode. Okay. So as you listen, remember, we're going to do a Q&A episode at the end of the series, sometime in the early fall. And so if you have questions as you listen, the link is in the show notes. Just start dropping your questions in there, and we will do our best to answer as many as we can, just like we did today. But before we dive into today's conversation, I want to tell you about another incredible podcast to get to listen to, and that is our friends, Be The Bridge. Y'all know how much I love Latasha Morrison. She was on the That Sounds Fun podcast on episode 175. We got to introduce her to you then, but also when we got to share that Be The Bridge podcast is a part of the That Sounds Fun network. We love Tasha and are both friends and fans of the work her and her team are doing. The Be The Bridge podcast is a resource from their nonprofit organization, Be The Bridge, which was founded in 2016 by Latasha, who is both a best-selling author and a leader in the fight for racial justice. Be The Bridge responds to racial brokenness and systemic injustice in our world and believes understanding can move us toward racial healing, racial equality, and racial unity. I'm telling you, Tasha and Be The Bridge have been such huge influences in my life as I've worked to better educate myself on racial justice and advocacy. The work they're doing is so incredibly important. In fact, you should go and subscribe to their podcast because I'm about to be on there. I just did an interview with her about my experience and my mom's experience. And I mean, it is like, I just think so highly of Be The Bridge. The Be The Bridge podcast is an extension of their vision to make sure people are no longer conditioned by a racialized society, but grounded in truth. It's a resource to help cultivate courageous conversations and equip all to flourish. I trust their leadership and wisdom so much. New episodes are released every other Tuesday, so subscribe to Be The Bridge wherever you listen to podcasts or go to the link in the show notes below. So today on the show, our summer loving experts are JJ and Kate Tomlin from The Heart of Dating. Kate is a national best-selling author, a speaker, popular relationship coach, and the founder of Heart of Dating. She, along with her husband, JJ, help thousands of men and women on their journeys through the conversations on the Heart of Dating podcast, which launched in 2018. Let me tell you why they are the experts for today's show. Literally their entire season right now on the Heart of Dating podcast is about so everything we talk about just about on this show, they have an entire episode about. And so I knew they were the right ones for us to bridge toward because they are doing 
full episodes on what we were only able to do full sentences about today, okay? I wanted to sit down with them and talk to them about sex and dating. They are trusted voices. And when it comes to helping singles navigate the complexity of this, and we tackle some of your most asked questions like, how far is too far? How far is too far? We've been asking that for every year of our life. How far is too far? And is sex still just for marriage in 2023? And how do we handle shame? Shame about the sex that we've had and the shame that a lot of people reached out and said they feel around what they haven't done. We talk about all of it. They are wise and helpful and thoughtful. And I think you're going to learn a ton from what they have to share. So it's a little bit of a longer episode, but I hope you will stick with us to the end. They cover so many beautiful, helpful conversations that are helping me and our friends here and hopefully all of y'all really be the healthiest, fullest version of ourselves. So submitted with humility and thankfulness. Here is our summer loving conversation about sex and dating with Kate and JJ Tomlin. Kate and JJ Tomlin, welcome to That Sounds Fun. We're so excited to be here, Annie. Oh my gosh. Hey, we love fun yes. in our house. Yes. So this is a perfect podcast to join. Okay, great. Yes. JJ and is I, literally the definition of fun, actually. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You guys were meant to be besties. He's an Enneagram 7. Oh, so you're a 7 you as go. well. How do you identify? I'm 3. <laughs> oh, that's very sweet. I know. A 7 and a 3. That means you have the most fun. Because you're yes. like, you want to have fun? I'll show you how we have more fun than anyone else. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love partnering with 3s. That's really fun. Okay, this is going to be great. This is a, that sounds fun first, an entire episode about sex. Let's go. So, I'm stoked. I'm so happy y'all are here. One of our goals, I'll just remind everybody listening of a couple of things, but one of our goals is we want to bridge people. Mm. That is that is our mission statement here is that Annie is a bridge. And so we want to bridge people to experts. Okay. So in our time today, we will not cover everything about sex, but y'all have. <laughs> I mean, not everything, but on the Heart of Dating podcast. Yes. Really? I mean, y'all, are y'all, is this series that's happening right now? I mean, are you always talking about sex or are we just in a sex season? We were in a sex season okay. for sure. Season okay. 10, season X, season for all the sex. Yes. Yeah. So we were talking about sex specifically for singles and how to prepare yeah. for sex and marriage because it's the conversation where you're just shoved out of the room as a single yeah. oftentimes. Yeah. So we were like, you know, then you arrive, if you arrive to marriage, and you're like, what in the world? Like, yeah. I don't know what's going on here. So, yeah. yeah. We have so many questions. So we asked our friends on Instagram, <laughs> and they sent in 300-plus questions. <laughs> so my sweet team Naturally. went through and categorized it. I was like, bless their hearts. They're just categorizing all these questions. <laughs> and then our team has questions. And I have questions of yeah. things we want to make sure we cover. But I just wanted people to know that if this does not satiate, if our conversation about living with someone or masturbation mm. or sex and dating is not enough, y'all have gone deep diving on all mm -hmm. these things. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So here's where I want to start. And I would love to hear from both y'all because we have men and women that are listening. What do we do? This, I mean, we got over 50 this question. What do we do with our sex drive when we're single? Oh, my gosh. What a good question. Do you want me to start, babe? Yeah, go ahead. So this is the question. I think that, you know, JJ and I have different stories, different backgrounds, and we've had to both come to learn how to do this individually. Yeah. But this is, you know, when we hear this question. We all tell question, that at some point today. Yes. Will you give yeah, us yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. yeah, we definitely will. But I think that when you hear this question first, what I love about this question is that we're acknowledging that sex drive exists and that it's a good thing. Yes. Like there is a good, beautiful thing. And everybody, does everybody have one? 
Ah, that's a good question. I would say some people have suppressed it so much that they would actually venture to say they don't have one. Mm. But I think by God's design, everyone has a sexual nature and by that, a sexual drive. But in each person, it varies based on various factors, but a lot of people find I don't have a high sex drive and there could be a lot of reasons for that as a single, such as I've suppressed it a lot or been told this is a really bad thing, right? So, you know, when you're asking the question, what do I do with my sex drive? Hopefully we're all recognizing that this is a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. created by God. I think a lot of conversations around sexuality in the church have been to kind of just say, hey, close that off, yeah, turn right. off the sex drive. Lock that door. Don't think about it. Until your husband brings the key. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. And then it's zero to 60. Then you're, right. you turn it on. Yeah. But I'm like, well, what? where is even the keyhole? Where right. I'm like, <laughs> what, I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, That's seriously. Exactly right. And so, you know, sex drive, it, your sexuality is a beautiful thing created by God. Right. We see that in Genesis. Then when, so if we can get to a place by knowing, okay, this thing is amazing. This is a good thing. This is not something to be ashamed of. But then we're asking and thinking, okay, well, if I don't want to like turn it zero to 60 in my singleness, what do I do with that thing in my singleness? And this is where we have to talk about, you know, without a sense of legalism and a sense of rules and like, hey, do this, don't do this. We have to talk about what what is behind sex drive. And really what we've talked about is behind your sexual desire is a desire for connection, desire to connect intimately Mm -hmm. with other people. And specifically, obviously, when we talk about dating and love and romance, specifically designed for connecting with somebody in the terms of love and romance. But we still can connect with other people outside of the love and romance thing as a single. Mm. And so when we think about sex drive, when we talk about it, we often say, you know, the first thing, if you have a high sex drive and you are trying to steward that in a healthy way. That's such a good language, steward. Yeah. Versus shut down. Right. Shut down. Steward it. Stop yeah, it. That's really like, good, Kate. We don't, because if you keep training your brain, stop, 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 stop. If you do get married, then how are you ever going to turn on? Yeah, someone asked that. Like, how am I supposed to recover right. when I've shut this down for so long? Exactly. Yeah, Which a really lot of people, especially if you're single, and 35 listening, single and 40, single and 45, and you have never been married, you're like, I've shut this thing down. How am I supposed to try? Like, what am Mm -hmm. I supposed to do with this thing that I have? Right. Right. And so do you want to say anything else to this, babe? Well, I just think, you know, you have to recognize culturally where we're at and what we've been fed is Mm -hmm. it is a physical thing only. Yeah. Which is incorrect. And it is something that you almost just have to release. I mean, Jersey Shore told me it was a physical thing. <laughs> right. Right? That you just try to get your number up. Just get yeah. your count you gotta up. You got to get your yes. number up. Body count. You yeah. got to clear your mind. Hey, here's the physical reasons why a sexual yeah. release is good for you. Yeah. Here are the mm-hmm. really practical good things about it. And so the whole foundation of you know what we do and what I would ask a listener is say, let me take every assumption I have about sex and completely wipe the board and let's start at God's word mm. and the theology of sex, the foundation, the ultimate designer yeah, and so who good. created that sexual drive within you. And let's see what he has to say about it first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And let me build my sexual ethic and yeah. my foundation and my belief system around that yeah. versus trying to piece it together from a hodgepodge of 
Disney, Jersey Shore. Yeah. A great sermon I heard last her uh, yeah. last week. And then you when know. they told me in middle school at church. Yeah, and yeah. then when I, you know, my youth pastor, yeah. you know, in seventh yeah. grade. So I think that's where as adults, if you have never done that, this is a perfect opportunity to just, hey, let's start with a whiteboard, completely yeah. blank, and go to God's word first. So what, I mean, what can you says. talk about that is, what is the sexual ethic according to scripture? I mean, a lot of yeah. people said, like, what does the Bible say about sex before marriage? And I've been told my sexual desire as a single woman stems from a spiritual lack. Mm, you know, like, so whoa. you're if you're not spiritual enough, your sexual desires because you're not spiritual enough. Like, <gasps> how do we? Oh gosh, yeah. How do we find what the Bible says? Because David yes. had a lot of wives, and yes, you know, so it doesn't. Solomon. It's not like you can't do that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think what is first and foremost is you have to understand very quickly. The Bible is very quick in Genesis two. It talks about Adam being around when God formed Eve from the yeah. dust, and in Genesis two, it gives us this excerpt where. Adam is singing song and dancing before the Lord with a naked female in front of him. And yeah. if you start to piece together what this kind of poem is eliciting is he is literally doing a dance for joy and singing yeah. song for what is before him. Yeah. So when it comes to sex, God is not bashful. Yeah. You know, you move to the Psalms and the Proverbs where he is talking about the delight of the breasts of the woman before him. Yeah. And, and in Song of Songs. And especially. in Song of Songs. Yeah, he that whole thing. dedicated a whole entire book yeah of god's word yeah to the practice and the delight and the yeah. pleasure and it even talks about the the alliteration of sexual union and the taste of pleasure is just a foreshadow of mm. the union to come yeah so the delight that we experience of it is a taste and well, sample right. of what we are to experience in heaven yeah so one of the closest ways we can experience it so and then you get to matthew five where Jesus talks about committing adultery and he doesn't use a word about, you know, he says do not commit adultery in the sense of your sexual desire, don't, you know, use it poorly. He uses a word called pornea, mm -hmm. which has a completely different annotation from any other sexual desire used beforehand. Yeah. And the connotation there is it's a greedy desire. Mm. And I mean you, you hear it, porn. Yes. You hear it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the whole foundation of porn and greed is that it is a highly addictive. Mm -hmm. You can't get enough of it. Mm. It's insatiable. It never satisfies and you fantasize about it. Mm -hmm. So that is where your sexual desire, whenever it turns from the original design, which is within covenant of giving, which we'll get all about yeah. into today, is the immediate difference between your sexual desire working against you towards lust and not advancing you closer to God is yeah. when it's for you. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. When it's taking yeah. Not giving. It yeah. goes directly against the original design, which I'm sure we'll Man, get all into. Man, what an interesting moment we could all have in our singleness of going like, this thing I'm about to do, yes. am I taking or giving? Yes. And whether that is pornography or masturbation or making out or sleeping with yes. someone, that is such a first gate yes. that we could just go, am I taking or am I giving? It's well, great... if it's just me, I'm not giving anything. Right, yes. right, exactly. So that's a really interesting first gate to have that conversation. It's a great litmus test. Wow, JJ, that is really good. Okay, tell me a little bit about y'all's sexual story that got you here. Yeah. And y'all been married nine months? Yeah, yeah. nine months. Yes, so we have all I the marriage it. advice you yeah. can yeah. ask for. All the great sex things <laughs> and yeah, nine months of marriage. We have tons we of experience. Experts, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 
um, yeah, so before we got married, yeah, we have very different sexual pasts. And so my past and my story is I dated for 10 years back to back nonstop from like 14 to 24. I used dating as a means of finding my identity and mm. finding that I trying to find that I was worthy and yeah. lovable. And within that story, I dated a lot of guys and I hooked up with a lot of guys. And at 16, I had sex for the first time. And that just snowballed into a pattern of sexual relations with tons of men. And, you know, my story also includes sexual abuse as well. And so just some really, really hard stuff in my past. And then in my mid-20s, I had been in an abusive relationship that was kind of abusive in every way. Once I got out of that relationship, I went through a major season of healing and kind of removing myself from men entirely and asking myself, who is Kate outside of men? Like, who is Kate outside of dating, outside of sexual relations, outside of performing for men? Like, who am I? And do I even like who I am? Mm. And so I went on that journey. And only years later, then I said, okay, let's try to reenter into dating. But this time with a different sexual ethic, this time with a new way of doing it. And I did not do it perfectly, but I actually tried to work on having a more deeply rooted sexual ethic in that story as well. I dated guys that were some phenomenal Christian men. And once they found out about my past, uh, they were not okay with it. Wow. So one guy in particular, he was wonderful. And this is not to dog him, but he found out about my past. And there were all these other wonderful things about me. I, I kind of picture it like yes. he thought I was like almost this amazing present on the outside. And when he opened it up, It was not exactly what he thought. And Mm. when he found out about my sexual past, he just could not get over it. Like So many women wrote in that that's a fear. Yes. That men are going to walk away when they hear about their past. Exactly. And and it it eventually did, for many reasons, not just that, made him walk away, which was the best thing at the end of the day. But what had happened at that point is I had healed from so much of my sexual past and worked through that. And I wasn't ashamed to share about it anymore because I had worked through, hey, I have a new conviction now. Yeah. I I know the grace that I have from God. I know the mercy that God gives me. And I am not defined by that past. Yeah. Some of that makes me who I am today, mm. but it doesn't define me. And yeah. it's also not the most important thing about me. Yeah. And so when he had such a hard time dealing with it, it actually kind of like was a struggle for me because I started dipping my toes back in this water of doubt. Like, should I be ashamed about this? Like, should I? Because he just could not, like it kept coming up. Mm -hmm. And I eventually had to say, hey, I actually think you need to process this outside of me. Like you continuing to process how this is affecting you with me is leading me into a place that I've already received freedom from. Yeah, Yeah. And so I, I just need you to stop talking to me about it because it's fine if you you have your journey but you can't but have I'm that not with your me. counselor yeah, yeah like yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I can't out. yeah and so you know in our story you can share your past and then our story was so redeeming in this way too but do you want to tell her well, about your past well I mean it's so funny because I could say you know when I married Kate I was and we're going there today yeah. right yeah, this yeah. is about sex I was a virgin by the standard of penetrative sex yeah but how I define sex now is so different and I can't say, you know, I had no sexual experiences with women or digital objects and pornography. If you look at it from that lens, you know, what we say is this is a, Kate has a very vivid external with 
in-person interaction and sexual relations, I could absolutely say maybe I didn't have that, but my story was riddled with pornography use for 10 years and Mm. sexual experiences with with women that were not, quote, you know, penetrative sex, but were everything close. Right. And in the same light, you know, I think whenever you get into the territory of sharing an orgasm with another person or object, for me, that qualifies as a deeply spiritual, emotional tying Wow. Experience of sex. Yeah. yeah. You know, because it's another great definition. Yes. <laughs> that is, you're giving us so many good gates of going like, absolutely. If you're experiencing an orgasm with another yes. person or an object. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, who cares? I'm so sorry, but who cares yeah. what it's in or yes. what it's, uh, you know, what it's doing? Yes. If you're sharing an orgasm, mm-hmm. you're absolutely bonding on a wow. spiritual wow. soul level. Mm-hmm. And that's not just with humans. You know, at what point now in the digital age is it an object or a yeah. creation of artificial intelligence? You know, yeah. p- pornography now is not even with human beings. It's just being created by digital pixels. Right. So you can't yeah. define yeah. sex yeah. as just a you know person to person experience yeah. it's absolutely a, a objectual experience now yeah you know there's nothing it's so funny nothing separates us from 2000 years ago and the yeah. ties to objects yeah, you know right. and idols and we look right. you know and we read the old testament and new testament how how did you guys worship yeah. sticks and stones and you know we're doing the same thing just with digital pixels now yeah. you know right. that's yeah. really good so another overarching question yes why is sex so powerful it brings down families it brings down it's yeah. i mean we got so many shame questions yeah it it is what moves things forward i mean it is one of the most powerful forces mm-hmm. why is that well when we see in genesis we actually see in genesis that the enemy uses shame especially when it comes to our bodies at yeah. first and foremost we see them they were in the garden they were naked and they were they felt ashamed yeah. so they had to cover up right but that's not why that's not what they were originally and right. that's not how God originally designed it right. and so the enemy i think the enemy uses sexual shame specifically and this entity of sex one of the most vulnerable things that we can do with another person is a sexual experience mm-hmm. truly getting naked being fully exposed in front of another person is so vulnerable and very exposing. And so I believe truly that the enemy uses that as a huge means to like, if he could just get a little foothold in that area of sexuality, he can start separating us from our relationship with God. And, and that's why you see Annie too, where I think, you know, we talk about like sin in the church, we talk about different sins. We often like almost put sex or anything related to sex on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. that one is higher than yeah. gossip or that one is higher than uh, profanity. Right. And for that sure one's higher, higher than gossip. Right? Yes. For sure. And like, you know, you find out someone on staff is having sex with their boyfriend, girlfriend. I'm not saying this is acceptable, but if that's happening, you definitely are like, whoa, I can't believe that's happening. They need to be removed, like all this stuff. But if you find out they're gossiping, oh, well, everybody kind of does that. Right, right, right. right. So, um, and I'm saying that in a general sense, but yes, I do yes, yes. That's often, not at your church or my church. That's right, not exactly. A church we are talking about. Right, that. right. There are Generally. companies where that happens. Yeah, yeah. We and we and that's why this is such a hot button topic and episode because people are going to be like, oh yeah, like the, it's such a charged conversation <laughs> yeah. because I believe. Like it can bring you so deeply close to God in the right context of marriage or it has the ability to cause so much destruction, so much shame. And then as a consequence, I think just even as believers, 
we've become so shame filled on this topic that then we throw buckets of shame at other yeah. people. Yeah, that's right. When they when we find out what they may be doing, whether pornography, masturbation, sex with their boyfriend, girlfriend, like whatever it is, yeah. a sexual identity struggle, whatever it is, we're like shame bucket on mm. you. Yeah. You know, so then yeah. it's just more and more isolated, 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 isolated. And that's where what hides in the dark, it stays in the dark, that's grows right. in the dark, yeah, you know? And right. so, yeah, I think you probably have some to add to that though, babe. But I mean, that was really great. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, again, culturally we're, we're taught, you know, from everything that's not in Sunday school yeah. and, and uh, theology is that sex is just physical. Yeah. And we are very, very clear that if it's just physical, then why are the ramifications of it right. so massive? Yes. Yes. And, you know, you That's look right. at cohabitation, you look at all these things, everything points to it that it should just be physical is not. And, you know, a big thing is the emotional and spiritual ramifications are massive because it is an expression of emotion and spiritual need. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a satisfier of emotional and spiritual wants. Yeah. And in totality, sex wow. in itself is a sacrament. And a sacrament is a physical act that represents an invisible reality. Mm. So the physical act of sex is just the beginning, and it's just a small sample of the magnitude of a spiritual and emotional reality that's taking place. A great example is communion in church. Communion is is a sacrament that we practice. The physical, if you think about it, the physical act of taking that wine and that bread is not... Casual. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. very, and we're and we're very casual about it. Yeah, but the second you you start to think about the invisible reality of what it represents, yeah, yeah. the magnitude and the mm. weight yeah. of what that blood stands for, the price that was paid, mm. the the bread and the community yeah. and the body yeah. that he suffered for, it holds a massive weight. Yeah. So sex in that same lens, once we start to see that the physical act of it is small. But the emotional and the spiritual magnitude is massive. Yeah. And it's a huge power source. You know, yeah. within covenant, it is that power source that unites. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's a bunch of different purposes of sex. It's to, you know, you can literally create life. Right. Yeah. Literally yeah. the only way that two humans can create From life. That, is like that, that alone, I get goosebumps, you know. Yeah. But second to that, it's where you unite and become one before God. Yeah. Yes. You know, so the spiritual reality and what it means. And so that without, you know, outside of covenant is, of course, it's going to devastate. Of course. And uh, I love Kay's story, though, because it's such a great snapshot of, okay, what is this idea of worldly shame, enemy shame? And what's the difference that I think we've lost in the past 20 years of godly sorrow Mm. in 2 Corinthians? What's godly sorrow? What is godly grace? What does it mean to actually mourn and change and transform here? after I fail, because mm-hmm. what we talked about, yeah. even on the pre-call is the church has done one thing really well. Yeah, <laughs> They've made one thing really clear, what the standard is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We all know what, the, even non-Christians know what the Christian standard is for yeah. sex, yeah. right? Yeah. They're but, like, oh yeah, you don't have sex. Yeah, exactly. We're known for it, but we're so ill-equipped to deal with the failure yeah. of it. That's so 
Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation. Everybody all right? We're going to share about one of our amazing partners, HelloFresh. I don't eat dinner at home very often. You know this about me. But when I do, I want the easiest options possible. And this summer, HelloFresh is here to take the hard work out of eating well, and I am here for it. Figuring out what's for dinner is not at the top of anyone's summer activity wish list, but HelloFresh delivers mouthwatering chef-crafted recipes and fresh ingredients to your door so you can spend your summer doing, well, whatever you want to do. If it's me, I'd rather be outside than stressing over what to make. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Get farm-to-table quality with every HelloFresh box. HelloFresh's seasonal ingredients are picked at peak ripeness and travel from the farm to your doorstep in less than seven days for fresh flavor in every bite. They even have new snacks, meals, and more to add on to your weekly order, like their fun s'mores bundle for the kids. It's adorable, and it's not just for the kids, okay? Or some of these crowd pleasers, like their bratwurst bar with caramelized onions and Dijonet slaw and pineapple relish, or a snack board with pretzel bites, spice bar nuts, and hot honey peach jam. Yum. Sounds like it's time to order some HelloFresh and have us a party. Okay. Listen, if you're stuck in a recipe rut or you want to try something new, there are 40 recipes to choose from every week. Even the pickiest eaters, you're going to find meals everyone at the table will enjoy. This summer, spend less time meal planning and prepping with HelloFresh's pre-portioned ingredients to make it easy to get cooking quick. From easy instructions to high-quality proteins and veggies, HelloFresh brings out your inner chef with every tasty easy-to-prepare meal. Plus, it's 25% less expensive than takeout. So go to HelloFresh.com slash TSF16 and use the code TSF16 to get, get ready, 16 free meals plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash TSF, like that sounds fun, TSF16. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit, and you're about to get 16 free meals. HelloFresh.com slash TSF16. And I have one more amazing partner to tell you about, ZocDoc. Have you ever been stumped about a health problem you have, so you resort to Googling it? Don't do that. Don't do it. You know that's a rabbit hole you do not need to go down. While you're extremely unlikely to find the right medical advice through an internet search, you can find it from a doctor on ZocDoc. Thousands of medical professionals on ZocDoc are there to help you. They listen like a friend and give you the expert care you need. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them and treat almost every condition under the sun. When you're not feeling well and already low on energy, finding great care shouldn't take up any additional brain space or effort. That's where ZocDoc comes in. Using their free app that millions of users rely on, including your girl AFD, you can find the right doctor that meets your needs and fits your schedule. You can book an appointment with just a few taps in their app and start feeling better faster with ZocDoc. Surprises might work for the podcast world, but they do not work for medical care. With ZocDoc, there are no alarms and no surprises. Choose from thousands of patient-reviewed doctors and specialists, browse doctor profiles, upload and verify your insurance information, and get the care that you need. Go to ZocDoc.com slash that sounds fun to download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash that sounds fun. ZocDoc.com slash that sounds fun. Okay, now back to our summer love and conversation with Kate and JJ. That sounds fun.
Talk about the people that are listening that feel so much shame because mm. of having sex and whether, I mean, there are people who wrote in that were like, I've been abused and I feel shame. Yes. Yes. I've chosen it and I feel shame. Yes. I have watched things, read things, and I feel shame. Mm. So there's so many people who, because we're going to talk about two different sides of shame. So let's start with, let's talk about the people who feel shame for what has happened or what they have done. Yeah, this is so powerful because, again, I believe, especially, I, be- I really, really believe that the enemy loves to use this, especially outside of any way he can shame us. I think he uses this the most to separate us from God. Wow. Like if we can feel ashamed of our bodies, ashamed of our sexual desire, ashamed of sexual acts we have done or have not done, which I'm sure we'll talk about, yep. like it can deeply create a barrier between ourselves and God. And so I think this was a big, big part of my journey is really trying to heal through like, okay, how do I remove this shame and create a healthy conviction that is free of shame, which is like, how do we do that? Because if you take away, if you just take away shame, what you see right now is uh, this move to the other end of the spectrum, which is just grace, 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 and almost like a cycle of abusing grace. Like, well, God Mm. forgives me and God gives me this grace. Mm -hmm. So I'm fine. Like everything's good. I'm like, I'm good. But I think there's also people who are like, we're both Christians and we're in a committed relationship. We're not married, but we want to have sex. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so there's, I think within that, you have to figure out, well, what is my why and why am I doing this? And like, Mm -hmm. does it matter? And that back to what JJ was saying and why this is such an important sacrament that if you understand, so here's the thing with shame, like if you understand like the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross, that he died for your sins, when you are in a cycle of shame, you're kind of looking at the cross and saying, like what you've done for me is not enough. And so I need to keep punishing myself because Mm. what you've done for me is not satisfactory enough. I have to keep punishing myself. That's what shame does. It says, I'm, I'm just so bad. This is, that's great. Thank you. But I have to keep punishing myself. Mm -hmm. And so when you really can meditate on what Jesus did for you on the cross, like that he died for your sins, that, that, that kind of sacrifice and the kind of grace that he gives us that we don't deserve, Mm -hmm. like there is something so deeply, profoundly transformative in removing shame. When we can truly understand we don't deserve this, but Christ sent his son or God sent his son in the form of a man to die for all of our sins. And that is that can profoundly change your heart. And I know we all know that as Christians, but Mm. I think when you truly can meditate on that, when you truly like take that from head knowledge into heart knowledge and you see like this picture of sacrifice is so profound, like God loves me that much that he like he sees me, he sees all my sin, he sees all my sexual brokenness, and yep. he's like, I love you just as much. Yes. And I, I love you this much that I sent my son to die yes. so that you would know that yes. and so that you'd be free from mm. any ounce of shame. Yeah. And so when we know that, it also changes us from wanting, from living in that almost cycle of grace abuse like I was talking yeah. about, because mm. I think that I see a lot of that in the Christian world where yeah. it's like, I messed up, quote unquote, but it's okay. God forgives me, you know, and then we just keep on in that same cycle. If you truly want to transform out of shame and into deeper transformation, it requires a level of deep heart understanding what Christ has done for you and deep acceptance of the grace that God gives to you and deep 
acceptance of the love God yeah. has for you because mm. shame also completely separates you from the love of God. Yeah. yeah, so how do you deal with the shame or how would someone deal with the shame if they feel it from being sexually abused? Yes. So that, I mean, and I have definitely dealt with that. And that was something for me that I actually, in my story, I compartmentalized for so many years mm-hmm. because I don't know if we'll have time to go there today, but I we think, can go hear it on your show. Actually. Yeah, 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 definitely. But there's a narrative out there that like, especially for women, that women are the gatekeeper for men's yeah. sexual desire, yes. sexual drive. Yes. And so I was taught that for so long. Eventually, you know, actually, Annie, the majority of women who are sexually abused or sexually or raped actually it happens from somebody they know yeah. it actually rarely happens from somebody they don't know which is mm-hmm. i think what we often think it's like yeah. somebody you don't stranger. know just like somebody right. random yeah. Yeah. but it actually often happens from somebody you know which is why it's even that much more confusing, confusing and right. if you've grown in this narrative of hey right. women it's kind of up to you to help your brother not stumble right then you, you're in the back of your mind if a man does quote unquote stumble yeah you blame yourself. You're like, oh, this happened because of me. And so that is exactly what happened to me. I was sexually assaulted by a man that I knew. And I was so like caught off guard that I just was like, oh, he must have done this because of something I did or Mm -hmm. something I was wearing or whatever. And so I, and I don't know if this relates to anyone, but for me, I had I was so unable to deal with that shame that I put it in this bucket. Yeah. Like I put it deep down in this closet to never look at. Yeah. Because I was like, I can't even face yeah. the amount of shame yeah. that I feel from that. So right. I'm just going to put it down here so much so that I forgot it happened until mm-hmm. years and years and years mm-hmm. later, right. somebody asked me, have you ever been raped? And that was the moment where I was like, um, and all these wow. like emotions started flooding up. And I was like, yeah, I have. So I say that to say, you know, there is no blame for you in that situation. Like, I think something I had to deeply learn was it was not my fault. It is not your fault. No matter what you're wearing, it was not your fault. No matter how, even if you were flirting, it's not your fault. Like, Mm -hmm. nobody has the right to do anything to you against your will. If you say no, it means that. But I think we're so often programmed that like, no, but I I did, I made these mistakes and I let him on. Like that, especially as women, that's what we tell ourselves. And it's just not true. And I had to come to really accepting like, that is not true. It was not my fault. I did not deserve that. And that man is wrong. Like he was in the wrong. And God covers all of that. But I had to really understand and rewire, like, this is not my fault. Yeah. This is not my fault, which took a long time to reprogram. Yeah. So, yeah. That's gosh. helpful. Thank you. Yeah. JJ, one of the – I was shocked how many of this question came in. And so I'd love for – I mean, either of you. But yes. uh, people saying, I feel so much shame because I haven't done fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. I feel so much shame because I'm 40 and I haven't had sex. I feel so much shame. Is someone going to want to date me because I'm in my 30s and I've never slept with anyone? I mean, piles of men and women saying to us, I'm embarrassed at what I haven't done. Yeah. You know, it's such a good question. And um, it's so funny. It's not what you would think. No. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That tells me one thing. For the enemy, nothing is off limits. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Nothing's off limits. Y'all are very good at this. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, and what's funny about that, it means that everything about us has to be defined and placed underneath our identity in God, including our virginity and whether or not we have it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because the second we take anything out from that covering, 
it's fair game mm. for the enemy. Yeah. And he will use anything against us yeah. to insert shame yeah. as a stronghold, including your virginity. Right. And to them, I would just say, you know, you're so much more than your virginity. <laughs> right. Mm. And for the one who's lost it, you are so much more than your virginity. Yeah, that's right. It's the same message for yep. both. Yep. You know, your identity, your self-worth, your value is there is so much more. And for as far as hope, the right man and the right woman, they won't see you for your virginity right. or yeah. lack of. Right. When Kate comes to me and she vulnerably shares that story and her past, if I'm truly a Christ follower, first of all, two things. One, I have no choice but to extend the same grace yeah. and forgiveness that I've been extended. Because yeah. if I had to be really honest and transparent with everyone about my past and the dark thoughts mm-hmm. and the hidden thoughts mm-hmm. that nobody sees, right, mm-hmm. you wouldn't look at me the same way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And second to that, you know, for her, I just, I'm like, you know, that conversation with that guy that you had is so sad to me because... Like you are so much more than your sexual past. And more importantly, the when I saw Kate, we met on a Zoom call yeah. in the middle of COVID. <laughs> and I saw her and on a pre-call. Yeah. And she was speaking at this Galentine's event, you know, for like four hundred single girls. Yeah. And uh, I remember. She was the most beautiful four by six pixels I've ever seen. <laughs> Just I was, you know, enamored. Yeah. But I wouldn't have asked her out because I didn't know her story. Yeah. I didn't know who she was. Yeah. And so after forty minutes of hearing her talk about who she was in Christ. And the you healing. don't mean her sexual story. You just mean her as a person. Yeah, yeah. both. You know, okay. and I did share some of it in that. Yeah. Yes, ironically, absolutely. so his first introduction yeah. to me is like, I'm I like, saw all of it. <laughs> I saw the, and you know, yeah. and you can fill in the blank yeah. very quickly. And for me, that was so attractive because mm. of who she was yeah. in Christ today, yeah. and yes. the healing that she had experienced today, mm. and that's how she was defined. And for me, people who are completely transparent about their past, yeah. The degree to which you're transparent about your past and your sexual past is the degree to which God can heal and establish you and who he is. So when I saw that, Kate, it wasn't a ding against her. It was a total bonus in the sense of she knew God's mercy. She knew God's grace. And she knew God's redemption on earth. And that for me was so attractive. I loved it. did you have worries that he didn't know what to do? Did you have worries that he hadn't had sex? Oh, before marriage? Yeah. Yeah, so... You know, that's a really good question. I actually didn't have worries about that, but what I worried about was the opposite. And I actually got some counsel from girlfriends who had similar situations to yeah. mine where they had experience, but their husband had none. Because you have to understand, you may have experience, but you've never experienced covenantal sex. Right. So you may have had sex outside of marriage, but sex within marriage is a different thing. Oh, and so I do not know that. Yes, yeah. it's a different thing. And that's where there is so much hope for the person who has a sexual past. Like what I would say to that person, which I had to say to myself, is like, you've actually never experienced true sex. Wow. Because sex was designed for marriage in a covenant. And so you've never experienced sex. Huh. And I said that, like we said this on a podcast a year ago before we got married. And now I can say confidently, yeah. like <laughs> after getting married, like right. truly 
there is nothing like there is nothing like the safety and the freedom and the vulnerability of truly knowing this person isn't going anywhere. Yeah. I can be fully myself with them. Yeah. God blesses this. God celebrates when we're doing this. Yeah. Like there's something just like if you read Song of Songs, like it is that. Mm-hmm. It's not that outside yeah. of the marriage bed. It yeah. is, is that. So you've never experienced true sex. So that for me was like, oh, well, I have to go into it saying I also don't really know sex either. Man, that's great for anybody who's watched pornography, who's read Absolutely. pornography, who has had any kind of physical relationship with anybody to go, this thing you're going to do after you get married is actually so different. Yes. yes. Even if the parts are the same, it yeah. is so different. Absolutely. Oh, that's and so it's like a journey because no matter, like I was more nervous on our wedding night than <laughs> yeah. he was. Yeah. Like, which is funny in a sense if you think about it like logistically like I have a past experience with multiple different things and yet I was more nervous because I was like I don't know like what am I even doing anymore like I'm not sure because it was all it all felt so new to me which is because I prayed for that because I had healed so much that I was like I pray God that this night of our wedding night is like the first time and it's not like I'm having a like I, I know everything and I'm just thinking about past stuff. Like yeah. it really was like the first time I was more nervous than he was. Like it's so funny. Yeah. So I would say there's that hope. And also this is just another tip for people yeah, getting on. engaged or getting married and you have a sexual past. It also is very important though that if things come up in while you're having sex, newlywed sex or whatever, that if you have a past and your husband or your spouse doesn't, you're not like, oh, we should do it like this. Or, hey, Mm -hmm. actually, I don't like that. Like, it's really important to create that experience together Mm -hmm. and have it be a journey of exploration together Mm. versus like, oh, my favorite thing is doing this. Or... So how I've do you that do and don't that? Like if that. You, so you can't communicate what your favorite things are, or you just have to do it in a ha- explain. It, yeah, the way you should do it is um, should. I mean, the way that <laughs> yeah, we, we attempt yeah. to do it was, you know, I would like gently say, "Oh, you know, I'm not sure if I really want to do that," yeah. or "I'm not sure I would really Versus like that." Versus the stance of, "Hey, because I've done this, I know exactly what this exactly. should be." Yeah. Uh, okay, no, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And like giving him the freedom, and me being like, "You know what? I may not have liked that before." But this is a new thing. Yeah, Let me see. Yeah. This is my husband. We're exploring together yeah. right. in a very new way. And 50 to 100 more years of having sex. Exactly. Yes. Yes. exactly. You're both starting from the starting line. Yeah, that's right. really like good. that. Yeah. Exactly. You're um, both starting from the And I want to say line. something again to the person who feels shame about no sexual history. Can yeah. I speak to that again? Please. I don't want to like go back. No, I just had something. And I think for that person, because we've had a lot of people who have written into the podcast, they've never been kissed, for example. Yeah. They're 40 and never been kissed or they've never been in a relationship, let alone never had a sexual history. And they're like, I feel so behind. That's yes. the that's the mm. comment. I feel so yes. behind, not only because I'm not married, but because I've never even experienced these other things that are very like things like kissing or yeah. even holding hands with someone. And to that, to those individuals, I would say, first of all, if this is a value of your, I think the reason why we do something like and hold strong to it it has to be because it's a value of ours and so if this is a value of yours it's something that you can feel confident in Mm -hmm. because I feel like a lot of times people are like I feel behind within that I feel like there's a sense of I'm unconfident because this is an embarrassing thing or it's unnatural in current society so if you can flip the script to be like actually this is a value that I I hold Mm -hmm. I chose this and this is a good thing Mm -hmm. about me Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean I'm behind it doesn't mean guess what like you could never have kissed someone in your entire life and 
you could kiss someone and it'd be the best kiss of your life. You could have kissed a hundred people in your life and kiss someone new and it'd be the worst kiss of your life. Right, it doesn't really right. matter. That right. experience doesn't actually matter at the end of the day um, because all of it is such a journey with that person that you're with. And so I think when you reframe it as like, this is a value that I have, I've chosen this and mm. I feel confident about yeah, that. Like yeah. for those that are questioning it, like I would encourage you to go back to why did you choose that value in the first place? And if it was because someone told you to, then let's like rework that to say, yeah. why am I choosing this now? Yes. Yes. Versus my pastor told me or my youth pastor or yes. my mom or my dad, yeah. like why am I choosing this now? Yeah. Someone else may have told you, but why are you choosing it? Because then you can, it can be rooted in confidence. And then it could be something that you're not ashamed of. And the last thing I'll say to that person also is, you know, you're not behind in relationships. You're not behind because there are so many things that dating distracts you from. Okay. And the chances are that you've actually probably done a lot in your life. Mm -hmm. You've probably maybe made a great career. You probably have stellar friendships. You have learned great relationship skills. Mm -hmm. You just maybe have not used them in a context of relation, romantic relationship. But there are, trust me, there are people who have dated and dated and dated, and they're still some of the worst daters out there. (laughs) Right, right, right. right. I've seen them. I've dated some of them. I've been that in the past. And you may come in with the best character, great life experiences, amazing deep friendships. You've had to have hard conversations with friends. You've had to like have the courage and boldness to do hard things. Mm -hmm. And that qualifies you way more for relationships than somebody with a ton of relational history or romantic relationship history. So we have a couple people who ask things and I think this is really interesting. What if you never get married? Or Mm -hmm. what if you get, you're 20 now and you get into your 30s or you're 30 and you get into your 40s or up to 60s, 70s and you haven't gotten married? Can our sex drive bring us closer to God Mm -hmm. in unmarried life? Yeah. Absolutely. It's not promised to any of yeah. It's promised to y'all. It's not promised to me. Absolutely. <laughs> I, you know, don't you think that that when, what is it? Um, is it Romans 12? Offering up your bodies as sacrifices to God yeah. and God seeing something that's so valuable, so meaningful, so deep and innate in you and powerful and seeing you laying it before him mm-hmm. and his throne. Yeah. I mean, I think about... You know, I heard uh, John Piper talking about this the other day. These these women who have such a passion and desire to mother, yeah, and they say, "God, you know, where where are you? Mm-hmm. Um, what about this desire that you created within me?" Mm-hmm. And to see them find a way to still channel it and sacrifice and saying, "I might not have children of my own, mm-hmm. but that's not going to stop me from mm-hmm. serving mm-hmm. alongside a family and a single mother." who needs an additional yeah. help and motherly care and compassion or, or fo- yeah. we yeah. have we have women 45 who foster yeah. at this point by themselves yeah. working mm-hmm. full-time jobs yeah. i mean i am so proud and that's just from a human perspective so to that is the the sacrifices that are pleasing to god the ones that hurt and sting yeah. you know yeah. you think about generosity and giving right giving you know if 10% is easy for you then that's yeah. not really a it's not really giving. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. When you give something to the point that it hurts, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. costs. Yes. Abraham with Isaac, one of the forefathers. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, r- fully ready and prepared yeah. to give something that was the most meaningful promise to him. Yeah. Yes. That is That's the good. sacrifice that pleases God. Yeah. And so for the sexual nature aspect of it, to just give it and surrender it 
I just can't think of any sacrifice that's more pleasing in that sense. And I and I can't sit here and say I know exactly why. Yeah. But I do know that once we view things on an eternal perspective, I mean, mm-hmm. Francis Chan does this better than any teacher. Yeah. The second we stop and pause and zoom out on an eternal perspective, yeah. not to minimize it, but say this is a short-term pain yes. and struggle yes. on a eternal perspective that, yeah. hey, I look forward to when I'm in, a, in eternity, this is going to be the least of my desires and the yeah. greatest pleasure married. and greatest desire. That rock Kate's world when I was like, hey, you know, we're reading You, Me, Together by Francis Chan. You know we're you not soulmates, forever, yeah. right? <laughs> I was like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, earth- I know that, but yeah. it's the weirdest we're- concept to think in heaven, like, yeah. we're not married. Yeah, yeah. we're like, earthmates. Yeah. You know, we're going to be best friends in heaven, and I can't wait to see you. <laughs> um, I don't even know if we'll kiss. <laughs> we'll high five and say, good to see you. <laughs> so bizarre. But, like, you know, and that changes the whole meaning of marriage. You know, the whole meaning of marriage is how do I set this person up on mm-hmm. an eternal yeah. timeline to grow closer to God yeah. and be with him in eternity? Yeah. And that changes my perspective of sex, my perspective of relating to her, my mm-hmm. perspective of serving her. It changes everything about yeah. the meaning of my marriage. Yeah. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to share about another amazing partner, Sundays for Dogs. Yep, this is the one for the dogs in your life. And listen, if you want to meet somebody, dog parks, people, dog parks. I know you put time and energy into thinking about what to feed yourself and your family and your friends. And don't forget your dogs. Sundays for Dogs is healthy dog food that is easy to store and serve for your little guy or gal. So they get a meal that both tastes great to them and is healthy. Sundays is air-dried dog food containing 90% meat, 10% vegetables, and zero synthetic nutrients. Besides USDA beef and all-natural chicken, it has digestive aids like pumpkin and ginger, plus disease-fighting antioxidants. That sounds good, right? Fallon's dog, Teddy, is a big fan of Sundays for Dogs. You know Fallon. She runs the That Sounds Fun Network and is the co-host of our favorite snack podcast, The Snack Show. So she's an expert on dogs and food. And you can't blame Teddy for loving it. With all those ingredients, who wouldn't be a fan? All the dog moms and dads out there report noticeable health improvements in their pups. Plus, every order ships right to your door, so you'll never worry about running out of dog food again. Unlike other fresh dog foods, Sundays is zero prep work, zero mess, and zero stress. Sundays is shelf-stable, which makes it easy to feed your pup top-quality food. Done and done. We've worked out a special deal for our dog-loving friends. Get 35% off your first order of Sundays. So go to sundaysfordogs.com slash that sounds fun or use the code that sounds fun at checkout that's s-u-n-d-a-y-s-f-o-r-d-o-g-s dot com forward slash that sounds fun upgrade your pup to sundays and feel good about the food you feed your dog and one last amazing partner to share with you indeed listen are you trying to hire somebody and is it challenging yes do we love a good challenge Clearly, we need a hiring partner that can help you rise to that challenge. You need Indeed. Whenever we're hiring here at Downs Books, Inc. or at the That Sounds Fun Network, we hire using Indeed. And it has never steered us wrong, you guys. They are the experts at helping us find the best fit for the roles we want to build our teams with. When you're ready to hire, you're probably already out of bandwidth and don't need another additional thing to your list, which is why you need to hire, right? Indeed helps make sure the hiring process doesn't become a second full-time job. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality 
quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match their job description the moment they sponsor a job, you guys. That's according to Indeed data in the U.S. They can help you attract, interview, and hire all in one place so you don't have to spend your valuable hours digging through multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills. Instead, you can do it all and fast with Indeed. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide, and that's two of them represented right here. They use Indeed to quickly hire great talent. So start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com com slash sounds fun. The offer is good for a limited time. So claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash sounds fun. Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. And now let's go back and finish up this great conversation with our summer loving experts, Kate and JJ. That sounds fun. Okay, so that is so good, JJ, because both of those thoughts just lead me to let's let's talk about sex in dating and let's talk about sex when you're not dating someone. Because in dating, a lot of people want to know how far is too far, Mm -hmm. how far is too far. And and that's what we asked in middle school. And we're still asking it at 42. (laughs) How far is too far? And what is the line when y'all are teaching about this? I think it's beautiful because people want to know. People want to honor God, but they also want to be humans and have bodies. Yeah. So what do we do with that? Yeah, I think what I would say to this, that it's the wrong. We love this love this question. question. Okay, great, great. Of all the questions about sex, (laughs) it's one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's such a good moment. If you are listening, like be honest with yourself. Maybe you've covered up that question and you've hoped somebody else asks it. Yeah. But you're definitely listening with a little bit of intrigue, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I would say first, and we we say this like it's it is the wrong question to ask because it's like, hey, the right question to ask is what I'm doing honoring God truly is what I'm doing bringing me closer to God. One of my favorite quotes, like one of my life like quotes, I would say from John Mark Comer is, "Who are you becoming by the things you're doing?" Yeah, and really, but that doesn't mean you have to keep your hands to yourself for. Until your marriage night, right? No, 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 no. Oh, JJ well, said, uh, JJ. He, he clicked at me. Well, so here's the thing about that is I think that depends on the person. And okay. and it has to be a deeply rooted conviction. Because here we're not about to sit here and say, hey, you can do this and you can't do this. Because right. nobody needs another set of rules right no. now. Like yeah. nobody needs that. That's why we started earlier saying like this has to be a deeply personal conviction, yeah. a deeply personal why. That your why. community may know your conviction so someone holds yes, you to it. exactly. But. Absolutely. And it has to be built around yourself and your past. So my boundaries, knowing my past, are going to be way more strict knowing my tendency and just being honest with myself of like, hey, this is like, if I was an addict addicted to alcohol my whole life and I'm recovering from that, like, yeah, maybe I can't be like at a bar every Friday night around people heavily drinking, you know, like it's probably not good for me in this process of trying to move away from that. And so for me, when I'm recovering from my past of like a lot of sexual encounters, I just had to be really honest with myself of like, it is not good for me to do X, Y, Z things. So my boundaries have to be way stricter than maybe the other person mm. for my own because of myself I yes. and because of my past and because mm. of being yes. honest with myself and not saying like yeah I may be in my 30s and it may seem weird and uncool to be like you can't be over after 10 yeah. like that does seem weird it does seem uncool but for me I'm like I get JJ knows this I get weird after 10 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> I get weird now that we're married it's Works great. Out great right <laughs> but before marriage I just like everything yeah. lets loose and yeah. I'm like hey you know right. and it's just a 
different <laughs> relaxed version of Kate that comes out. And that's always where I used to make the most of across the most boundaries. And so I think it has to depend on knowing yourself yeah. and has to be rooted in deep conviction because I do believe there are some people that can kiss or potentially even make out without lusting, without it crossing a lot of boundaries mm -hmm. that they set for themselves mm -hmm. because hey, they don't have maybe the same past that I do. They, their brain isn't neuro-wired in such a way where they've gone down that path so many times. Yeah. Do I, I, I do think that can be possible for some. I don't believe the large majority that's possible for, but I do think that you have to know yourself. And so, JJ, like you can speak to this based on your past and knowing yourself, but I, I just think like if you're going to make these decisions, know yourself, get deeply honest get deeply honest with your community mm -hmm. and ask them like, hey, these are kind of some of the things I want to put in place for yep. myself. Yep. What do you think? Yeah. Like not That's people good. that are going to be like, you're weird for that. Yeah. But people who are like, you know what? I, I think that is really respectful and yeah. knowing your story, yeah. I think that's wise, yeah. you know, versus somebody who's going to be like, Kate, that's really weird. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, right. Right. you're like in your 30s. Why right. would you not, why can't you have them over at 10 p.m.? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. like you're an adult, right. you know, right. you're not like 20 making right. these decisions right. anymore. Well, yeah, it's, this is the question, yeah. you know, and my question back would be where else in our life as a Christian do we ask this question of mm. how far is too far? Mm. You know, where else am I? Would I ever ask, hey, pastor, uh, I want to look at women and kind of fantasize. How much skin is too much? How much mm -hmm. soft pornography is too much that I can get away with? Mm -hmm. The fundamental question in mm. itself is a question of how much can I get away with mm -hmm. and it still be okay? Yeah. And for me, that reveals, you know, there is a desire and it reveals what is the priority of your heart. Because yeah. you're not asking, hey, when it comes to sex and boundaries and dating, how can I glorify God the most? Yeah. See the difference in the question? Yeah. It yeah. reveals the intention of my heart and yeah. the priority of my heart. And to get real practical, you know, when it comes to how far is too far, like I would just give you a scenario. You have two couples, one's newly married and one's engaged, very close. And the engaged couple, they make out heavily. They maybe cuddle underneath the blankets. They maybe dry hump each other and feel each other in intimate parts. <laughs> we're getting real. You said dry. Yeah, hump. I love yeah, it. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, very real. Great. Hey, yeah. we're getting engaged. We're getting married next month. Yeah. You know, like we're so close. Which I would have another conversation. <laughs> the next day when they wake up and they're feeling terrible, and we'll pause there, right? And they're feeling terrible. You have a newly married couple. And they go through the exact same. They're yeah. on the couch. They're cuddling. They're kissing. They're making out passionately. And they're getting underneath and they're thrusting and, you know, not even sex. Yeah. And they're fondling and touching intimately. What do they call that? And how do they feel? Right. Well, they feel wonderful about it. And two, they, they call it sex. Right. Yeah. And they call it foreplay. Foreplay. I was going to be like, they probably call it yeah. foreplay yeah. in the and foreplay couple. And that is the <laughs> terrible, on ramp right? to the, you know, the final act yeah. of that, you know, of that wave and that crescendo. Yeah. And they feel amazing. You yeah. know what the engaged couple calls it? They call it, oh, that was just a, it was just a slip up. Mm -hmm. yeah. It was just, you know, it like that's not who we want to be. We, yeah, and yeah. you know, we kind of so feel close, bad about it. it. Just, you know, yeah. Yeah. they don't call it the same thing, even though it was the exact same thing. Yeah. And the on, and that's why you have to view the on ramp yeah. is designed 
for the full act of yeah, sex in itself. Yeah. And you're saying, you know what, I'm going to reserve that yeah. for my partner. It's yeah. the same thing about sleeping in the same bed. Like we're in this whole thing. I'm surprised we haven't been asked, what about sleeping in the same bed? Or like cohabitation. Like there's so many questions or traveling together. And I think especially when you're older, traveling together, staying in the same room, just there's a lot of people who are like, well, just like we're fine. We're adults. This financially makes a lot of sense. And I, I'm not here to judge. We're not here to shame people because we've certainly made mistakes. I do want to say that. Like, we are not perfect in this journey. I think we l have learned a lot from our prior mistakes to meeting one another, but we still made mistakes yeah. in our relationship. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but I think when it's like, hey, let's sleep in the same bed. Hey, let's travel together and stay together. I just think the convenience in the moment and the convenience of basically you're saying this is more convenient and that's worth more than necessarily honoring my convictions. We had a great episode with Chad and Tori Masters yeah. on this. And say you traveled a lot, you're engaged yeah. and dating and over the year. Or if it's long distance. Yeah, yeah. And long, oh, distance, yeah long distance. And uh, like say you summarize that 12 months of dating yeah. and engagement and by sleeping in the same room, in the same bed, you saved six thousand dollars yeah and i asked you point blank annie what is more important right honoring god right or, or uh, let me put it this way hey annie for for six thousand dollars would you just go ahead and dishonor god yeah it can be it can oh, be that's small it can be we can edit it out no no it can no, be no, small, no no you know, right. no I, you know but if yes. i had to ask you like yeah. how much money would it take yeah for you to even just in this conversation just you know this oh God real gosh. quick. Yeah. Just the start that, the, right? Can you tie a financial number yeah. to honoring God? And the Bible is very clear, you know, do not give the appearance of evil yeah. or, or sin, yeah. you know, and, you know, think about the hotel manager. He's seen you check in, stay in the same room. And even that person alone, what impression are you giving off? And yeah. the Bible is very clear. Don't even Listen, give off the impression. My family thought we were weird, okay? Because yeah. we, JJ comes home for the holidays, and he's like <laughs> on this tiny air mattress in the hallway in the small home, and mm. they're like, why are you making him sleep out there? I'm like, because we're not married. Yeah. And they're like, this is weird. Like, you know, you're adults and had the same thing from another family member. And we're, I'm like, I, I know it seems weird right. to you. Right. But this is this is this what, what I choose decided. to again yeah. back to like yeah. your conviction is based in comp your, yeah. it's ba your decision is a value that's based in confidence yeah. and conviction. If it's not, you will quickly people please, right? Yeah, that's and right. Be like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Fine, sure. Yeah. Fine. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you. I uh, something that helped me so much with one of the there's a couple of people I confess to right about yeah. my life, and I went to one of them and I said, I want you to tell me when you think I should confess to you about sex, mm. and I'll tell you when I think I should, and let's see if we align. Because mm, that wow. mattered a lot to me to go like, I need to not feel like every single thing I'm going to have to tell you, yes. but I need to know where you're expecting. Yes. What What would you say mm. it stops honoring God? And let me tell you what I would say stops honoring God. Yeah. Yes. And that's and so having that conversation with a mentor that's so helped good. me a lot to go. Oh, well, I didn't think about that. Oh, you're right. Because then the mentor is able to say back to me, the reason you think that would be okay is this. And I think that would be, you know, so yeah. it was a conversation. Yes. It wasn't a line in the sand. Mm. Yes. And I think that was really helpful for me. Mutually yeah. agreed upon yeah. by both of parties. Of someone that is yes. helping me steward my life so that I am who I want to be. Absolutely. It is not a gatekeeper. It is a, right. or, or someone who's my 
policeman. Right. It's someone who's helping me steward my life the way I want to. Absolutely. One just quick, very, very quick thing is when we set boundaries, for example, we often look at boundaries and actually Chad Masters said this on our podcast, so I got to quote him. We look at them sometimes as like being in a prison cell. Mm. We look at them and I'm like, I'm setting these and I'm in this prison cell and I'd rather be out there with the green grass. I'd rather be out there free. But if we can flip that script, because boundaries are not keeping you in a prison cell. Boundaries are there to protect you. Yeah. So if if you're constantly seeing your boundaries as a prison cell, you're going to resent them. You're on the wrong you're side. You're probably going to yeah. cross. You're that. actually the boundaries are what keep us yes. from going into you're the, in the green exactly. grass. Exactly. Yeah, you're <laughs> in the green grass. That's why I had that conversation with a mentor because is... I was like, I need to know that I'm staying in the grass. I need to know that you think I'm staying in the <laughs> yeah. grass. Like, I need us all to stay in the grass. I yes. love that. Man, that leads to such a good next thing because I was. I have to tell you all when I put the question box up and I said, "Tell me about sex and dating." We had so many questions about masturbation, and yes. I thought, wait, I'm, we're we're not going to talk about that because this is, but but that is the question. I mean, mm-hmm. the only question that got repeated verbatim, probably twenty five to fifty times, was, "Is masturbation a sin?" Mm. Right. So let's talk about masturbation and pornography for a minute, for men and for women. Yes. And I mean, I think we talked about it a little bit. If if you have an orgasm and you're not in a committed relation or in, in a marriage. That may be problematic. You're right. serving yourself. It's not a someone great else. litmus test. But yeah. you know, here's the reality: uh, we've been doing a ton of studies. Um, do you want me ma- to read the stats? Yeah, yeah. I would do so start there. The masturbation stat is actually really staggering. But 95% of men and 89% of women masturbate regularly around once per week. Now, that's not necessarily a Christian pers- like study. But that's like. A, a- in, is that single people or all people? All Anybody. people. Wow. Anybody. Which is wow. even more interesting. That's very right? interesting. Because it, right. it also exactly. shows you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 40% of men and 22% of women masturbate daily. Okay. And so when you think about these stats, especially the first one, 95% of men, 89% of women. Yeah. First of all, the reality for that with masturbation is that it's really high yes. for women, especially for everybody. For, for everybody. Gender neutral. But you, yes. I, what we talked about when we did an episode on this is that often I think the stereotype is that, oh, men struggle with that. Because mm-hmm. porn and, uh, first of all, we tie masturbation and porn very closely together, which isn't necessarily right. It can be without porn, you know? Yeah. So it's masturbation, porn, and then sometimes they're together, right? Yeah. But we often see masturbation and then pornography, both of those things, as a male, more dominated issue yeah. than a woman thing. Yeah, but and I'm telling you, this was women asking us. This I is sure yeah, right. 89% yeah. of women. Yeah. And my story goes that like I didn't even know about this really until I was in my 20s. And then I started struggling with it. But I had no idea other women struggled with it. So you're calling it a struggle. So did you know yes. it was bad? Okay. So and is bad the right well, word? Well, that's a great Good. question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for saying that. Because, well, here's the thing. You know, it's that lens. It's back to the heart. And yeah. it's back to how far. The question in itself, is it a sin? I think the intention might be great. But the question that, that we need to ask is this. Does masturbation glorify God? Mm-hmm. Does masturbation advance my relationship with God? And Mm -hmm. once we change it to that, it kind of changes the physiological aspect and the Mm. practical reality Mm. of it. And it completely makes it a matter of our heart. Yeah. And really anything that 
you know, we struggle with, quote, struggle with, we should ask, yeah. does this advance my relationship with God or not? Does this glorify God or not? Because yeah. if we want to get into the theological discussion of is masturbation a sin, we can have that in a vacuum and you can kind of say, well, the Bible is unclear. There's no real scripture on it. Yeah. It's not meant, the word <laughs> masturbation is not mentioned. Right. It's not all, in the Bible. Which is why it's very gray. Does that, that mean it's not a sin? No. I mean, dating itself is right. not mentioned in the Bible. Right. So the question for anything within our life that is not specifically mentioned in the Bible when we have clear guidance has to be addressed with one question. Does this glorify God yeah. or not? Because yeah. dating itself in, eva- in in some capacities could also not glorify God, yeah, right? right? It comes back the to way intentions. It's done. Right. There's three, there's two, but now I add a third yeah. side to masturbation because we did a post and I was like shocked by <laughs> how many the, comments oh, came I saw. Yeah, yeah, I was like, of, oh, okay. And it's so, not what you would think. It was yes. the adverse reaction. How <laughs> dare you shame us about our sexual yes. nature? And yes. we were like, wait like, a second, I'm, what? I'm not doing, okay. So there's three sides. The one side is like masturbation is not possible to not lust and masturbate because the Bible is clear on not lusting, right? It's not clear on masturbation. It's never said. So A, you can't masturbate and not lust. Impossible. It is a sin. It's self-glorifying. That's side number one. Side two is, you know, it, it could be done in theory without lusting and it could in theory be used to glorify God without lusting. Mm -hmm. Is that really possible? Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the secondary question where, you know, we could get into it that I actually personally tried to do that. And I was like, it was <laughs> yeah. not a win for me. Yeah. It, it didn't feel it's not a win for me. Yeah, let's, like, it didn't if feel we're being more right, clear like, without language. It, it was not a win. It was not a win for me. <laughs> it did not go. I didn't feel closer to God. I didn't feel like a connection with God. And this is after I had done a lot of journey, a yeah. lot of healing on yeah. my sexuality, my sexual, like yeah. shame, removing shame. So this is in a place of like, okay, I am feel good. Is this possible to glorify God? You yeah. know, which may say feel awkward to say on a podcast or no. and on like two people, but there are people that apparently say they can masturbate without lusting. Okay, and okay. then there's the third camp of people that are like, oh yeah, this is a great thing because God created it, and you know, my sexual desire is great, and it's a release, and actually helps do X Y Z things, and so therefore, yeah, why not? It's great. It's amazing. Which I had no idea, really, personally, how many even Christians stood on that side. Yeah. When we did this podcast and we talked about it, I thought it was just like side A and B. I didn't realize how many people were on side C of like, yeah, absolutely, all yeah. the time. It's great. Yeah. I was like, really? I didn't know how many people. And stood I think over that's there. growing in popularity. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I think so too, especially like, in the in the Christian mm-hmm. yes. context. Yeah. Yes. So it's a it's a hot button topic. I would say the biggest we have to go back to first. Your sexual desire is a good thing. The yeah. fact that you desire sexual anything sexual is a good thing given to you by God. Okay. But I think one of my favorite things, and Riley Kehoe said this on our podcast, but I, you know, like it's a beautiful fire. Okay. But before marriage, are we just going to let that fire burn and go everywhere and do all the things? Because then if we do, what does a fire do? It burns everything down. Mm. So you have to contain the fire in some capacity, which then people are like, oh, now you're being legalistic. You're saying I have to contain my sexual desire. I'm like, but the opposite of containing a desire of any kind is I just do anything I want because it feels good. Right. right? Right. So yeah, God calls us into ways of obedience. Like Mm -hmm. he does that in a way that doesn't have to be a legalism that is healthy for 
our spiritual flourishing, right? And so I think when you are thinking about the topic of masturbation, first I would say there's so many people listening that are like, I feel a lot of shame about this because I feel like it's bad and I don't feel like I can talk about it. First know so many other people are exactly where you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like 89% of women, for example, are exactly where you are. 95% of men. Right. You are not in a vacuum. And I thought I was one of the only ones. So I didn't tell a soul mm. for years yeah, yeah. until I finally opened up to a friend and she was like, me too. Yeah. I, again, yeah. You know, and so you're not alone. But then <laughs> I would just say you got to ask yourself what JJ said, like, is this truly bringing me closer to God? And I think there's a small majority, in my opinion, if I'm being honest, there's a small majority where this could actually be something that glorifies God. And, and small, like, what percentage would you say a small majority? I don't know if I can give it a percentage. <laughs> yeah. Small is the, is is the key small? word. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, you'd give the stats we were talking about earlier about pornography. Yeah. So, you know, we've been doing a lot and. 89% of men had admitted, in the U.S. specifically, the U.S. is one of the most frequent users of pornography in the whole entire world. Wow. It's about 89% of men have admitted to using pornography in the past month, and it's about 61% of females. Mm-hmm. And then when you, I thought a good caveat was one in five youth pastors struggle with it, and one in six executive and senior pastors struggle with wow. pornography. I saw an anecdote the other day. It was about a hotel chain saying, do you know when we see the most spikes in adult-ordered content in our rooms? Oh, I don't want to hear this. It's when we have Christian conferences. Christian conferences. Bless their hearts. And so, so, again, you know, what we talked about was the the use is prolific. Yes. 88% of pornography is accessed from your smartphone. Yeah. 88%. It is coming toward us. And And when I was young, that was not the case. Yeah, Yeah. it was hard to find, you know, and... It has just never been harder in that capacity yeah. of it is at your fingertips yeah. whenever you want it. It's never been more free, more accessible. Yeah. So it is by every means rampant, and it's not just digital. You know, I think one thing that we've seen is the the justification and the kind of discreet use of even written yeah yeah mm-hmm. pornography and i'm sure right. you know like that's one of the most best kept secrets amongst you know women is the fictional romantic novels where there's absolutely emotional spiritual and physical pornography mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's where you have to kind of define well what is pornography yeah is it person to person you know with ai and digital created and is it physical oh, yeah. to object yeah. and it's you know you really have to define it as anything i am tying and sharing my sexual nature yeah. to, yeah. especially I think the orgasm is kind of like the s- cementing of it, but it still includes the, and what Jesus talks to, you've committed adultery in your heart yeah. when yeah. you lust and even there's not a physical action yeah. attached. And yeah. lust is when we actually break it down and define lust, lust is like fantasizing or lingering about another person or a situation for a long time, yeah. you know, you're you're yeah. fantasizing. It's that, sec- you're it's not that second. No, it's that like, yeah, uh, and I'm yeah, noticing, yeah. and then I'm thinking about it. Right, yeah. I'm lingering yep. anymore. Noticing yep. that somebody is attractive is not the same thing as lusting. So when we talk, even like you're mentioning, like novels and different things like that, you know, can you really read a sexual thing in a book and not linger on mm. that sexual engagement? Mm. Like, can you not linger? 
I, I don't know. I, I certainly cannot because I have read books with sexual scenes. And there's it, for me, it's very, very rare to be able to not lust, a.k.a. linger on sexual fantasy while reading yeah. something. Right. And so, I mean, I think that's where especially t- women get tied into this equation with pornography, the 61%. Yes. Is that it's not like for women, they're coming up with more and more creative ways to reach women. And I think through novels, through different ways of storytelling, the show Outlander, sorry, I watched (laughs) it. But I mean, like there's lots of things where it's like, hey, this is for women, you know, and we're going to reach them in a way that's a little different than men. Just a different package. Yeah. All right, y'all. Thank you. For starters, we can get you have so many more thoughts. You have so many episodes, and it's all on Heart of Dating. So yes. any topic that we want to deep dive into. But yeah. will you just finish us here? What do we do now? What's the next conversation? So we've listened to this. We send it to our friends, and we listen, and we agree, and we don't agree. And mm-hmm. we have big feelings, and we have little feelings. And <laughs> what do we do next? Yeah. You know, we just had Josh Broom yeah. on Heart of Dating, and he's been on all the Christian podcasts. And the one thing that he does so well is when he talks about his former past and he was a top five male porn star in the industry, filmed over a thousand videos Mm. in pornography. The degree to which you're transparent about where you are Mm -hmm. and what you struggle with and what you've done is the degree to which you are opening yourself up for healing and redemption and growth. Mm. So I would say... If you're going to go, work up the courage and and please work up the courage because yes. it takes courage. Yeah. Yes. Vulnerability, especially, I mean, I'm talking to the men. You know, I would say for men, we have to fight even harder to have that vulnerability because it is not normal. Yeah. Have courage. Don't hold back punches. Yeah. I mean, go there. Yeah. And be super detailed. Yeah. Because the degree to which you're vulnerable is the degree that God will heal. You confess to God yeah. for covering and repentance. You confess to your brothers for healing. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's what it and says growth. in James. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly right. Exactly. So I would just say, you know, if you have that feeling in your chest, yeah. that urge, that good urge, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like don't hold punches. Yeah. Like be courageous yes. and be serious. You know, yes. don't let it be one conversation. Set up a system that won't allow you to fail. Yeah. That won't yeah. allow you to be in the same position you were six months ago. Yeah. A year ago. Yeah. Like enable a system that's gonna check yeah. out. That yeah, won't whatever you- shame you feel for what you have done yeah. or what you haven't done. Tell somebody. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Tell somebody, somebody who's yeah. safe to you. And I would say the one other thing, because I was so good, is just really like get curious and, and have curiosity. If yeah. you send this podcast to a friend and they're like, I don't believe in this, that, and the other, and yeah. you're like, well, I believe in this, that, and the other – you know, have curiosity. I think yeah. this conversation can end up being very divisive and people have a lot of feelings again because it's so personal. It mm-hmm. feels so personal and the enemy has used it to deeply shame us. And then people who have healed from this sometimes then can feel a lot of ways in certain yeah. in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And so just get curious yeah. about somebody else who maybe has a different experience, a different opinion, ask questions. Yeah. I think there's so much we can do in healing and community if we're just open to how you know, the other person thinks, feels what their story is yeah, like. And yeah. so, yeah. We hope curiosity. this is just the start. For our friends listening, we hope this is the start of a conversation for I you. I hope so, Not yeah. the end of a conversation exactly. for you. Like, yeah. get get with some of your people, get with your mentors, get mm-hmm. and, and really talk through 
here is my story. How does that inform where my story goes? Yes. And I think that will be really helpful. Thank you all. That was an hour of hard work that both of you just did. <laughs> I'm well, sweating thank in the you. I mean, your team did an amazing job fueling those questions and categorizing. Know, this is like a I team know. thing. And I'm we so happen to have thankful. a microphone, but yeah. you have a wonderful team. Well, They've done you, an amazing yeah, job. And none of this is an accident. So Yeah, that's right. Well, thank you all for doing this. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay, you guys, aren't they great? I'm so grateful. Here's what I'm grateful mostly for. I'm grateful that they gave us a lot of thoughts and expressed a lot of wisdom that we can now take, digest with our friends and community, and figure out how we want to live based on that combo. What we've learned today, what we believe Scripture says, what our friends and family and community believe with us, that is what we get to do now. So as I said at the beginning, I hope this is just the start of a conversation about what it looks like for you. Yes, I'm talking about you to have a healthy life as a sexual person, whether you are single, dating, engaged, or married. Make sure you follow Kate and JJ and check out their Heart of Dating podcast. I'm telling you, it has been so helpful for me. It is why I begged them to fly to Nashville for us to do this episode. And I'm so thankful that they did. Plus, if you would like a full list of all the resources from all of our summer loving experts, go to AnnieFDowns.com slash dating. And again, if you have follow-up questions after listening to this episode or this series, drop them in the link in the show notes, and we'll be doing at least one Q&A episode in the fall. Also, I just want to say thanks for trusting us with today's conversation. Thank y'all for making it this far and for being in this conversation with us. I hope it is not the last. In fact, I do not think it'll be the last. It is something we get to talk about. As healthy people, we get to talk about the fullness of who we are, and that includes this. So personally, for me, thank you for trusting me to host a conversation about sex in your life. Matters a lot to me today. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and on the road for the Here For You Tour tonight. We are home. It's a hometown show here in Franklin, Tennessee. We are very close to selling out if we haven't by the time you heard this. So if you can drive to us and you want to, you need to get a ticket like right now at thehereforyoutour.com. Tomorrow we're in Chicago. I can't wait. So many of my friends are going to be there. And then on to Florence, Kentucky. What a great weekend. We are having an actual blast. As you know, you're seeing it on my socials. You're seeing it on Carlos's socials. You're seeing it on African New Life. You're seeing it on Transparent. All of our friends, we're having a ball. So y'all come see us. Every show is different and it is not too late to grab a ticket. Just head to hereforyoutour.com. And listen, next weekend, we're finishing the show in Texas, in Dallas, and in Austin. So if you're still sorting out what you want to do, be the person who buys a last minute flight to Austin, Texas. Don't miss that last show. Just come and be at that last show with us. It'll be so fun. And tacos, right? All right. I think that's it for me today, friends. We have talked enough. Everybody take a deep breath. Hope you are feeling loved and cared for and seen. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I'm going to do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me, I I think I'm going to go on a walk at Radnor Lake since we're home today. I think I would really enjoy that. Before we get ready for the show tonight in Franklin, I'm just going to pop up to Radnor Lake. Y'all have a great day. We have got a super special episode for you tomorrow in honor of Father's Day. 
I've got my friends, Charles Kelly and Cassie Kelly. You know Charles from Lady A, one of the biggest country groups in the world. Charles, as you may know, has recently been really public about his journey of sobriety. And this Father's Day weekend will be really special for them. And it is just such a moving conversation to hear them both process how Charles's sobriety has changed their family, their faith, their parenting, and has us all looking toward Sunday as Father's Day for him in a new way. So I think it's going to be a really special conversation for all of us who have friends in recovery, who have friends in addiction, people that we love that are walking through that. And so I hope you will join us tomorrow and share tomorrow's episode as we continue to spend our summer giving hope to people who feel like they have lost hope. And we are doing that tomorrow, not in a summer loving way, but in a really special way. So we will have a special Father's Day episode for you tomorrow. And then we are back on Monday. We've got our friend Craig Allen Cooper joining us, as well as Mike and Lillian. Y'all know Lillian. And we are talking about the five love languages and dating. So Summer Lovin' continues on Monday after our special episode tomorrow about Father's Day. So we will see you back here tomorrow. Y'all have a great day. You are very loved.